0: Cue Review, Print Speaking to the Blind, celebrating 40 years of audio newspaper production. Welcome to this week's edition of the Glasgow Times Podcast, recorded at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre by our amazing volunteers. You can get in touch with us via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram using at Q in review, that is at symbol C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. You can also contact us directly by emailing information at CuneReview.com That is I-N-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N at symbol C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W dot C-O-M Or by calling 0141 772 3976 That's 0141 772 3976
1: the Glasgow Times on Thursday the 23rd of November 2023 from the news section Glasgow Sucky Hall Street RBS Bank announces closure an article written by Esther Turney and read by me Corey A major Glasgow city centre bank has announced it will close Royal Bank of Scotland RBS on Suckey Hall Street will shut on November 19, 2024. The Natwest group revealed today. Other than the City Bank, the group plans to close another 19 branches in England, Wales and Scotland. These also include 18 Natwest branches. The full list is Natwest branches. London, Chiswick High Road, February 20th, Redcar High Street East, February 20th, Bradford New Lane, February 21st, Sir Bitten, Victoria Road, February 21st, Bakewell Water Lane, February 22nd, Greenwich Greenwich Church Street, February 22nd, Ormskirk, Moor Street, February 27th, London Station Parade, February 27th, Morecambe, Marine Road Central, February 28th, Wednesfield, High Street, February 28th, Pontypred, Taft Street, February 29th, Rickmansworth, High Street, February 29th, Birmingham, Bristol Road South, March 5th, Liverpool, Prescott Road, March 5th, London, Piccadilly, March 6th, Rochester, High Street, March 6th, Dudley, Castle Street, March 7th, Malden, High Street march seventh RBS Branches Glasgow Suckey Hall Street november nineteenth That article was from the Glasgow Times, it was from the news section, it was written by Esther Tarney, and it was read by me Cory. The Glasgow Times on Thursday the twenty third of november twenty twenty three. From the news section. Glasgow weather. Temperatures set to reach zero in cold snap. This article is written by Esther Tarney and read by me, Corey. Temperatures in Glasgow are set to reach zero for the first time this winter. According to the Met Office, Friday and Saturday will bring a cold snap as temperatures will be just below freezing. On Friday, the Mercury will move between 6 and 0 degrees. It will be cloudy with the sun setting at 3.56pm. The weekend will start with temperatures of 4 to 0 degrees. It is expected to be overcast, changing to light rain in the afternoon and the sun will set at 3.55pm. Sunday will bring slightly better weather with 5 to 2 degrees which will continue into early next week. That article was from the Glasgow Times. It was written by Esther Tierney and it was read by me, Corrie. The Glasgow Times on Thursday, the twenty-third of November, twenty twenty-three. From the news section. Tools could be considered for Clyde Tunnel as Funding Call is Made. An article written by Drew Sanderlands and read by me, Connie. A senior Glasgow councillor is calling on the Scottish Government to provide more funding to maintain the Clyde Tunnel, or tolls could be required. Councillor Rory Kelly, SMP, has written to the Cabinet Secretary for Transport, Mary McAllen, to highlight financial pressures on the city's road network. His letter follows a report from council officials which revealed current investment in Glasgow's road infrastructure falls short of what is needed to keep the current condition by £11.2 million. Officials said the 60-year-old tunnel requires significant investment to address necessary repairs and recommended spending £16 million on the structure. The funding received for operation and maintenance is the same amount per kilometre as for a standard stretch of road, which an official said isn't sufficient for the specific requirements of the tunnel. It has been estimated this leads to an annual shortfall of around £820,000. Councillor Kelly City Convener for Neighbourhood Services and Assets, said he had pointed out discrepancies in funding settlements for Glasgow, adding he believes the Clyde Tunnel is of national significance. He wants the tunnel to be funded like a truck road, which are maintained by Transport Scotland, and said the alternative would be to consider tolling. Introducing a toll has previously been presented as an option during budget-setting processes, but has never been taken. Speaking at a council meeting, Councillor Kelly said, The funding doesn't really take into account the usage of the roads. The Clyde Tunnel gets approximately 65,000 cars through it per day. There will be other sections of road that get the same funding that don't have that volume of traffic on it in a year. The wear and tear is significantly more in areas of Glasgow due to the population and the number of people that travel across our roads. Councillor Kelly said austerity, the COVID pandemic, rising inflation and the city's equal pay settlement had all affected council finances and savings have often been taken from neighbourhood services. He also highlighted the need for funding to replace street lighting columns in Glasgow, with 41% of the city's 74,000 beyond their expected service life, and how maintenance of new cycle and footways adds to budget pressures. He said he is working with council officials to identify investment. Top priorities for the tunnel include improving the pedestrian and cycling routes, repairing the ventilation system, and a power system upgrade. Councillor Cecilia Olone, Labour, said, It is going to be a major issue, as the main road through Glasgow, if that goes, our infrastructure is going to fall around it, as well, she added. Her Labour colleague, Councillor Stephen Doherty, said there had been a chronic lack of investment in councils from the Scottish Government. As council official said, a team is keeping an eye on it, the tunnel, on a regular basis. It will, quote, make sure there is nothing major, and if there is, we have to bring that to the attention of our capital planning board, end quote. The Scottish Government spokesperson said, While Scotland is facing the most challenging budget settlement since devolution due to ongoing UK government austerity, this year Glasgow City Council will receive more than £1.5 billion to fund local services, which equates to an extra £62.6 million on last year. Work is also ongoing with COSLA to establish a new fiscal framework for councils. Through the Verity House Agreement, a landmark agreement that is forging a stronger partnership between the Scottish Government and local councils through the spirit of collaboration and engagement. That article was from the Glasgow Times, it was from the News Section, it was written by Drew Sanderlands, and it was read by me, Corey. The Glasgow Times. On Thursday, the 23rd of November, 2023. From the news section. Top Glasgow restaurant bids to become posh chippy takeaway. An article written by Esther Tarney and read by me, Corrie. A beloved Glasgow restaurant has applied for permission to serve takeaway food and become a chip shop. Six by Nico in Finiston has asked the council for the go-ahead to serve takeaway food. The eatery's owner, Six Company, said if successful, the conversion will allow the current restaurant to change to an upmarket fish and chip restaurant with takeaway. According to plans, there will be no outdoor seating and 10 members of staff would work in shifts. Opening hours, according to papers, are likely to remain five days a week, noon till 11pm. The application is being considered by Glasgow City Council Planning Bosses and the decision is expected by Tuesday, January 16th. The existing restaurant, which serves six-course tasting menus with different themes, has been in this spot since 2017. That article was from the Glasgow Times. It was written by Esther Tarney, and it was read by me, Corrie.
2: This is from the Glasgow Times on Thursday, the twenty-third of November, twenty twenty-three, from the lifestyle section. Glasgow Celtic pub Crystal Bell opening date revealed. This article is written by Esther Tarnay. A Glasgow pub is soon to reopen following an extensive refurbishment. As the Glasgow Times reported at the time, the Crystal Bell in Gallogate. Closed in early November for a £220,000 upgrade. Now, the pub has announced it will open its doors again on Friday, December 1st. Inside, the pub has undergone a complete transformation to create a brand new look with fresh decor to create a more welcoming feel. It will feature a brand new bar, flooring and a mix of new and upcycled furniture throughout. Outside, the crystal bell will be redecorated, including new lighting and signage. The pub will be celebrating the opening with a weekend of entertainment, including a live DJ, karaoke and Prosecco reception, as well as plenty of live sports for customers to enjoy. Local Angie McKean, who works behind the bar, said, The pub looks fantastic, and we can't believe the transformation. We are really excited to get behind the bar, welcome back all the customers and support the local community. We will be starting off by collecting food for a local food bank and donations to get a defibrillator installed. Pubs are the hub of their community and we can't wait to start this new adventure. That article was written by Esther Tanai. This is from the Glasgow Times on Thursday the 23rd of November 2023, from the Lifestyle section. Glasgow City Councillor scoops up huge national award. This article is written by Morgan Carmichael. A Glasgow City Councillor scooped up a national award earlier this week. Councillor Dan Hutchison was honoured with the Young Councillor of the Year at the LGIU Scotland and CCLA Annual Councillor Awards in Edinburgh City Chambers. Councillor Hutchison's proposals have ranged from advocating for hospitality staff working late-night shifts to a feasibility study to move the council workforce onto a four-day working week. Recently, he's been leading the charge against a proposed drive-through in Ibrox and promoting cycling as a normal mode of transport. He is also the business manager for the Glasgow Councillors, as well as being the spokesperson for Workforce and Fair Work. Councillor Rory Kelly of Glasgow City Council also walked away with the Community Champion Prize. Jonathan Carr West, Chief Executive of Local Government Information Unit, LGIU, Scotland, said... In the face of unprecedented domestic and global challenges over the last year, councillors nationwide have once again exhibited unwavering dedication to serving their constituents. Tonight's winners show the remarkable contributions local councillors make to their communities, and we at LGIU Scotland are dedicated to celebrating these achievements that genuinely improve the lives of local residents. As councils continue to deliver essential services like social care and housing amid a cost-of-living crisis, these awards are a hugely important way to champion what councillors do locally. I extend heartfelt congratulations to all the Councillor Awards winners this evening. We applaud you for your dedication. Minister for Local Government Empowerment, Joe Fitzpatrick, MSP, added... As someone who was previously a councillor, I recognise the important role councils play in delivering vital frontline services for our communities. Every councillor nominated for these awards exemplifies this spirit of public service and I congratulate them all. It is crucial the Scottish Government works in partnership with local government to achieve the best possible outcomes for people. This approach, which is built on mutual trust and respect, is particularly important as we work to help people through the current cost crisis. That article was written by Morgan Carmichael.
0: From the Glasgow Times, Saturday, the 25th of November, News Amparty University awards honorary degree to Darren McGarvey. Article by Craig Williams. Abertay University awarded an honorary degree to Scottish social commentator and hip-hop artist Darren McGarvey at its winter graduation ceremony. Darren McGarvey, also known by his stage name Loki, joined over 400 graduands for the ceremony at Caird Hall in Dundee on Friday. McGarvey is a prominent figure in Scottish public life, renowned for his insightful commentary on social issues and his contributions to the music scene. His work is known for exploring themes of inequality, poverty and the complex issues facing contemporary society. His debut debut book, Poverty Safari, was released to critical acclaim in 2017, later winning the prestigious Orwell Prize for Political Writing. A follow-up, The Social Distance Between Us, was published in 2022 to similar praise. He was elected a Fellow of the Royal Society of Literature earlier this year. In addition to his writing, McGarvey has also made a significant contribution to the world of broadcasting, producing numerous programmes for BBC Scotland, explaining the root causes of antisocial behaviour and social deprivation. His 2022 series Addictions, Best Factual Series at the BAFTA Scotland Awards last November. Abertay University Principal Professor Liz Bacon said, Through his words and music, Darren McGarvey has demonstrated a commitment to challenging societal norms and fostering positive change. Using his platform, he has worked tirelessly to deepen our understanding of the challenges faced by individuals and communities across the country, shedding light on the profound impact of deprivation and addiction. His work aligns perfectly with our commitment to social justice through transformative education, and I'm looking forward to welcoming him to the Abertay family at the end of the month. Receiving his honorary degree, McGarvey told students, I have this voice in my head all the time telling me that I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, that I don't deserve to do well. The only saving grace I have in life is that I have developed a resilience to ignore my own thoughts maybe 95% of the time. If you have a brain like mine and it's stopping you from doing the things you want to do in life, then it's time to challenge your own thoughts as it might be the main barrier standing between you and your aspirations. And that article was written by Craig Williams. From the Glasgow Times, Saturday the 25th of November, from the news section, Celtic Park and Ibrox to be hit with parking restrictions, article by Drew Sandylands, restrictions are set to be rolled out at Celtic Park and Ibrox to protect residents from unacceptable parking. Work on event day parking zones at both grounds had started pre-pandemic but they were dropped due to the disruption caused by Covid. Council officials have said efforts are once again underway to introduce the zones and they could be in place by the end of May next year. One councillor, Cecilia O'Lone, said the situation at Celtic Park was horrendous at times. Another councillor, John Molyneux, said people were serially parked where they like in areas such as Dunbreck, Craigton and Ibrox. He wants to see persistent offenders tackled as he believes some fans are willing to split the cost of a fine. Celtic and Rangers and thousands of fans objected to the previous plans and public hearings were set to be held before the pandemic brought a halt to to proceedings. A court official said parking zones are being developed to protect the residential areas and to improve enforcement during events which has been a focus of contention for those living in and around these areas. Event day parking zones allow residents and businesses to use permits to park as they would be on non-match days. Residents visitor permits can also be purchased. Under the original plans, restrictions would have started three hours before kick-off and ended one hour after the final whistle. Drivers to the zone without a permit could have faced £60 fines. At a council meeting this week, Councillor Malone, Labour, said she receives a lot of complaints about matchday parking when cars just seem to park where they want. I take it in the Col, I take I take in the Colton ward, but also don't live that far from Celtic Park. She said, "It's just horrendous at times. <laughs> I'm actually a big believer that cars shouldn't be allowed in the area at all." but we don't have a good transport system that supports that. She asked whether the officials had taken to public transport operators about how we alleviate match day problems. An official said at Hampton Park there is a close working relationship with bus operators. He added, We encourage the stadia to engage with public transport providers because we feel it is their responsibility to be providing public transport for their supporters. What we are trying to do is look after the road network and look after the local communities with the proposals that we are taking forward. Councillor Aloune said the situation is actually getting worse, and since the Athlete's Village is built in Delmarnock, it is no go on match days. We have to take a much stronger approach to it. It's unacceptable for people who live there at the moment whenever there is a match on. Councillor Molyneux, Greens, said he would like to see a policy to address persistent offending, As well as escalating fines like the ones used for repeated breaches of the city's low emission zone rules. He said, I guess this is specifically a thing in match day travel. If you've got a car full, in my ward, Pollock Shields, people going to Rangers game, splitting the PCN penalty charge notice between the five of you, you might as well just resurrect the cost of going to the game. An official confirmed they will be looking at how to reduce persistent offending. A report to councillors added officials are in the final stages of appointing a consultant to assist with public engagement and the statutory process around event day parking zones. It stated, Subject to the number of objections and any challenges we may receive, the implementation of the zones is currently expected to come into effect by the end of May 2024. A zone is already in place at Hampden Park, but councillors asked whether this could be extended. Councillor John Carson Labour, said parking was overspilling into areas outside the zone. Councillor Holly Bruce, Greens, said she receives a lot of emails about Battlefield and Quinking's Kings Park and would like to see the zone expanded. And that was an article by Drew Sandylands.
3: Glasgow Times News. On Monday the 27th of November. 400 workers at Brake Brothers secure a major pay victory. An article written by Morgan Carmichael 400 workers have secured a major pay victory today, it's been confirmed. Unite the Union has said that hundreds of warehouse workers and distribution drivers employed by Brake Brothers in Newhouse, Motherwell, will see pay increases between 193 and 23.2% on the basic hourly wage. Alongside the deal, employees have also secured a £300 December bonus and access to an attendance bonus payment of £750. The whole pay package is worth over £6,000 for the duration of the agreement. Unite General Secretary Sharon Graham said, The Brake Brothers wage deal is an excellent example of how Unite is negotiating a substantial pay increase for our members. Some workers will receive a rise of up to 23.2%. Unite does what it says on the tin. We deliver better jobs, pay and conditions for our members. Brake Brothers provides wholesale food distribution services from the Newhouse facility to the hospitality and retail sectors. A significant proportion of the company's work comes from government-based contracts to Scottish prisons, schools and social care homes. Unite has agreed to work with Brake Brothers on its development plans, which would see an additional £10 million invested in a site extension for 2026. The investment is designed to extend the Newhouse facility by 50,000 square feet to enable the company's growth in Scotland and could see the creation of up to 100 new jobs. Unite industrial officer Pat McIlfogue said... Unite is delighted to deliver a major pay victory for over 400 workers at Brake Brothers. The pay offer was made following constructive negotiations with the company after our emphatic mandate for industrial action at the Newhouse facility. Unite will also work with Brake Brothers on its proposals to secure £10 million of investment into an extension of the facility, which could create a further 100 jobs on site. An article written by Morgan Carmichael. Glasgow Times, on Monday, the 27th of November. Lifestyle. Clutha survivors share stories in a new documentary. An article written by Rebecca Newlands. The survivors of the Clutha Bar tragedy in Glasgow will share their stories ten years on in a new BBC documentary. On Friday, November 29th, 2013, a typical Friday night at the pub turned into a nightmare when a police helicopter crashed into the roof, killing 10 people and injuring many more. The horrific incident changed the lives of those involved, and now, a decade on, the new documentary Clutha will reflect on the events that unfolded that evening. Survivors, eyewitnesses, journalists and emergency service staff will share their personal testimonies. Regular customer Mary Kavanagh, who lost her partner Robert that night, tells her story, while Anne Feeney describes the silence that fell after the roof collapsed and thought there'd been a bomb. Anne-Marie Kennedy, who was working behind the bar, describes feeling like my leg was dangling in the cellar, and later discovered that her leg had snapped when the helicopter hit. The Clutha's owner, Alan Crossan, also explains how the incident brought people together for something good and led to the formation of a trust helping young people in Glasgow access music, theatre and art projects. Clutha will also feature interviews with Scottish Ambulance Service Incident Commander Pat O'Meara, who describes the hellish scene his teams were faced with. The former General Secretary of the Scottish Police Federation, Callum Steele, shares his memories of the unique and personal challenges his colleagues faced, knowing they had lost their own colleagues in the accident. Another aspect of the documentary looks at the role of citizen journalists, as much of the news unfolded through social media, and the new challenge of these people reporting and sharing events ahead of official news outlets. Clutha will be shown on BBC Alloper at 9pm on Wednesday and will also be available on BBC iPlayer for 30 days. An article written by Rebecca Newlands. Glasgow Times on Monday the 27th of November. Lifestyle. Musician speechless after Abbey Road invite. An article written by Ava White. A Clydebank musician is set to follow in the footsteps of his heroes as his band prepares to record its debut single at the famous Abbey Road Studios. Dean Freeman was left speechless after his group The Odd Socks was contacted by a producer offering them the opportunity to join the likes of The Beatles and Oasis by recording tracks at the studio in London. The 29 year old who grew up in John Knox Street said that the band is set to make the trip early next year and admitted he's feeling slightly nervous about it. Dean said, We were contacted by a producer around six months ago. He works for Mad Fox Manchester and also produces down in Abbey Road as well. He said he really liked our sound and asked if we had any other demos that we could send over. After that, he said he'd like to work with us and mentioned us going down to Abbey Road to record from January the 22nd to the 23rd. We're going to record two debut singles. Funnily enough, we did two demos in January this year and exactly one year later, we're going down to Abbey Road. We're ecstatic. It's hard to explain exactly how I feel about it. It's nerve-wracking, but I know we're ready for it. All of the people who influence our music have recorded songs there. I know that as soon as we walk in, we'll be able to feel the history. The Odd Socks was formed around a year ago and consists of Dean, who is on vocals and guitar, Oran McBride on vocals and Hasse White on the drums. Over the last 12 months, the group has played gigs at the Classic Grand, Bridge End Festival and in HMV in Glasgow. Dean explained that their ultimate goal is to take to the stage at the Barrowland Ballroom and reveal the meaning behind the band's quirky name. He added, The goal for now is to stay focused, go down and get the tracks recorded and hopefully get to do some festivals. The biggest goal for every musician in Glasgow is to play the Barrowlands. I hope that will be in sight for us one day. When we formed around a year ago, we started gigging around the city with a different name, the Mundos, We eventually decided to change the name, and my drummer always wears odd socks, so I thought that was perfect, as we all have different personalities, so it suited us. The musician told of how his childhood, growing up in Clydebank, has had an influence on his work, particularly the influence of other musical family members. Dean first got into music at the age of six, when he started playing the violin, before later moving on to the guitar and vocals. The 29-year-old explained that music is a form of self-expression, which is why he enjoys it so much. I was brought up around music. My auntie and uncle were singers and had a studio, so I've always had that influence. One of my mates, Ross Weir, taught me how to play the guitar, and it went from there. I was brought up listening to The Beatles, Oasis, The Rolling Stones and Jimi Hendrix, who all inspire me. I was born in John Knox Street and brought up in a place called The Scheme, across from the Clydebank docks. All of my family stayed in the one maisonette. There were twelve houses and they were just full of my aunties, uncles, cousins and also my gran. Music allows you to express yourself. Being brought up in the town, it was a wee bit of a tough area and we saw a lot of violence growing up. You can hear in our music that there are emotions from throughout my childhood. An article written by Ava White. Glasgow Times News, on Monday the 27th of November. Man found other people's gifts worth £200 in his every parcel. An exclusive article written by Rebecca Newlands. A baffled man has found other people's Christmas gifts stuffed into his every parcel. The 24-year-old ordered a jacket from online retailer ASOS, which was delivered to his home in Cumbernauld on Thursday, November 23rd. Alarm bells were ringing when he received the package and noticed that it appeared to have been opened and then resealed. Upon opening the parcel, he was shocked to discover a collection of smaller parcels addressed to other customers, as well as his own order. He told the Glasgow Times, They were all ripped open and shoved inside my package. I have gift cards, a bracelet, a wall decoration, and a whole bunch of Happy Christmas and Happy Birthday messages. In images seen by the Glasgow Times, the smaller parcels look to have been torn and battered. The gift cards are worth over £200 altogether and contain messages including Enjoy Your Gift, Happy Birthday and Merry Christmas. Adding to the bizarre situation, the customer claims the other parcels have addresses that are nowhere near his home, with one being over a 100 miles away. He said they're addressed all over the place – Ayr, Glasgow, Largs, Campbelltown and Dumbarton. I just wanted my jacket. Now I'm £200 up on other people's M&S vouchers. Look at the messages. It's a shame. It looks like they've ripped open eight packages, dumped them into one package and resealed it. Eager to have the gifts returned to their intended owners, the bewildered customer immediately contacted Every to inform them of the situation. It's understood that every has since taken steps to resolve the incident, which includes going to the customer's address to collect the items. A spokesperson told the Glasgow Times, we're in touch with the customer and we're looking into what happened. An exclusive article written by Rebecca Newlands. Glasgow Times News, on Monday the 27th of November. Network Rail reveals the name of a new station in Barhead. An article written by Gillian Macpherson. Network Rail has appointed a company to design a new railway station on the Neilston line in the area south of Barhead. The proposed new station will be called Bulgray, it has been announced. Situated off Bulgrayston Road, between Patterton and Neilston Station, the name is a nod to its location next to Bulgrey Reservoir and an old Scottish place name, meaning either bow, settlement, or baug, bulge, or bag-shaped body of water. Funded by the Glasgow City Region City Deal and delivered in partnership with East Renfrewshire Council – the new station will improve public transport links between Barhead, the dams to Darnley Country Park and Glasgow. Initial work to investigate the proposed station's site is already underway. Alex Hines, Managing Director of Scotland's Railway, said, I'm delighted that the proposal to locate a new station south of Barhead is taking another significant step forward. New stations have the potential to transform the communities they serve, support growth in travel for work and leisure, and provide opportunities for local people by improving connectivity, in this case primarily into Glasgow. Scotland Railway will work closely with East Renfrewshire Council over the coming months to prepare the design plans for the new station. As well as revealing the name, Network Rail has also announced that it has appointed Story Contracting Limited to design the new station. John MacArthur, Managing Director of Story Contracting, said, We are extremely proud to be appointed as the trusted partner to deliver the next step towards a significant new station. We're looking forward to working alongside Network Rail and East Renfrewshire Council to design a solution which will improve connectivity for passengers and benefit the local community. Those who want to find out more about the plans for the new station are invited to attend a public information drop-in on Tuesday, December the twelfth. This will take place from 3pm to 7pm at the Ochenbach Resource Centre in Barhead's Oars Drive. East Renfrewshire Council Leader Owen O'Donnell said it's great to see work progressing on the Glasgow City Region Deal-funded rail station in Barhead. This station will bring huge benefits for the existing community in Barhead, as well as residents from the new housing developments nearby, providing improved access to jobs, education and services. It also allows for much improved public transport links to dams to Darnley Country Park. An article written by Gillian Macpherson. Glasgow Times, on Monday the 27th of November. Opinion. Let's tax land to build homes and eradicate homelessness. A column written by Mike Daly. Last week the Scottish Parliament refused to support a motion declaring a housing emergency across Scotland. Local authorities in Argyll and Butte and in Edinburgh have recently done so, but not Glasgow City Council, which arguably has similar, if not more profound, housing challenges. At Holyrood, the SNP and Green MSPs were successful in amending the motion to recognise that Scotland is facing significant pressures with homelessness and temporary accommodation. That was a bit like saying that the weather was rather inclement during Storm Babette there's an unpalatable and spectacular social injustice staring us in the face right here. In our towns and cities, huge tracts of land lie vacant, derelict or land banked as a speculative asset for profit rather than being put to the service of the common good. Meanwhile, homeless applications are up 15% on last year with almost 30,000 active cases. A record 9595 children and young persons were in temporary homeless accommodation this year the highest number since Scottish government records began in 2002 Around 90% of Scotland's land is classed as agricultural or forestry much of it is traded privately between multimillionaires and billionaires the ultimate designer item for the uber rich A Land Reform Review Group report in 2014 revealed that Scottish rural land holdings in the period of 2003 to 2013 increased in value by 204% as against house prices, which grew by 32% over the same period. The only commodity that had a higher value over time was gold. Remarkably, 67% of all private rural land ownership in Scotland is owned by 0.025% of our population. In 1667, Scotland had a land tax. Indeed, we had land taxes for hundreds of years until they were abolished by the Finance Act in 1963. Why don't we tax rural land ownership? Agricultural or forestry land and buildings involved in production are exempt from non-domestic rates. Agricultural property relief exempts people from paying inheritance tax on the agricultural value of land and property. In 2020, the Scottish Land Commission said, The favourable fiscal environment for these types of land may have pushed up the price of agricultural land, limiting the number of new landowners. In 2019, the Scottish Vacant and Derelict Land Survey recorded 10,926 hectares of vacant and derelict land spread out across 3,510 sites. Nearly 30% of Scotland's population lived within 500 metres of a vacant or derelict site. We have a homeless and housing emergency in Scotland because we've allowed it to happen. There is nothing to stop the Scottish Parliament from enacting legislation to empower local councils to tax large rural land holdings on an annual basis. Such a tax could be ring-fenced to provide an income stream to fund the building of new social housing by councils and housing associations. Likewise, we could consider new legislation to create a fast-track route for the compulsory purchase of vacant and derelict land for social house building. Homes for Scotland estimate a shortfall of 114,000 new homes having accumulated across Scotland since 2008. We have an incredibly expensive Scottish Parliament and Scottish Government in terms of salaries, pensions, allowances, expenses and overheads. Devolution costs us a fortune. Why isn't Holyrood using its powers to fix the housing and homelessness crisis in Scotland? A column written by Mike Daly Glasgow Times News on Monday the twenty seventh of November. Poison left in Pollock Park prompts police response. An article written by Marissa McQuirter. Police Scotland has agreed to ramp up patrols in a Southside Park after poison was left there maliciously, seriously injuring a dog. Pollock Park will have an increased police presence after a dog ingested suspected poison last week. In a statement, a spokesperson for Police Scotland said, We've been made aware of local concerns about suspected poison being left within Pollock Country Park on Thursday, November 23rd. Officers will be carrying out additional patrols of the area and anyone with concerns can speak to them. Call us on 101 or in an emergency on 999. A spokesperson for Glasgow City Council issued a warning to pet owners last Friday following the incident. They said a dog has been seriously injured in Pollock Country Park after eating rat poison left maliciously. For now, dog walkers are urged to keep their pets under close control and remain vigilant when their dogs investigate items on the ground. It's incredibly irresponsible to leave poison in this way as it can affect all types of animals indiscriminately and we're very concerned that more poison may have been left within the park. Any sightings of poison should be reported to us and we can ensure that it's disposed of appropriately. An article written by Marissa McWhirter. Glasgow Times News on Monday the 27th of November. Reliance on food banks rising as donations fall. A front-page article written by Marissa McWhirter. A charity that helps people in need access emergency food provisions revealed the harrowing reality at ground zero of the cost-of-living crisis. We have a lot of people who previously donated to us now contacting us for support, says Claire Coyle of Western Bartonshire Community Food Share. The charity manager said, Since 2020 we've seen a massive decrease in donations and at the same time we're seeing a massive increase in need in our community. Last winter, the charity mostly helped unemployed people, but over the past year, the number of working households seeking support has drastically increased. Claire said, I spoke to a woman on the phone the other day who said she has been working since she was 16. Now, her husband is experiencing poor health, and for the first time, she is in a situation where she needs to ask for help. In the last few weeks, she's phoned various places and there's been no help available. The help she got from us that day was the very first. Choking up, she added, the way she was talking I could just hear the hopelessness. People are feeling really downtrodden because they're trying their best, they're out working. You would expect if you're out working full time that you could pay your bills, live comfortably and not have to worry. But that just isn't the case anymore. Statutory support does not seem to be moving in the right direction. More and more people are calling the charity and telling workers how their incomes or pensions are not enough to cover bills and food. Claire said, That's been the big difference this year. We're also supporting more pensioners than ever before. Pensioners are phoning us and telling us they have no food in the house and no money to top up their gas and electric metres. Fuel poverty has been the breaker for a lot of people. Trying to keep the lights on, cook and be able to heat homes is pushing pensioners and working families over the edge. Western Bartonshire Community Food Share is one of the charities the Glasgow Times is highlighting as part of Bank On Us, our festive food bank appeal. For anyone able to donate, Claire says any food items that can be cooked quickly are preferred, as people they help can't afford to have their hob or oven on for a long time. She said, people are asking for items that can be microwaved or that can be warmed up in a pot rather than cooked from scratch. The food share is also keen for donations of basic staples like tin vegetables and meats, rice, cereals and sauces. Now in its fifth year, the campaign is proudly sponsored by Arnold Clark, Stagecoach, Allied Vehicles, Spa Scotland, Storage Vault and Step Change. As well as the food drive, the Glasgow Times will be raising money for our bank on us, Toy Drive, via GoFundMe. All proceeds will be used to purchase toys, which will be distributed to charities across the city, to be handed out to parents and put under the tree, as we aim for every child in Glasgow to open a present on December the 25th. A front-page article written by Marissa McWhirter. Glasgow Times News. On Monday, the 27th of November. North Lanarkshire nurses join King Charles' birthday party. An article written by Esther Tarnay. Two nurses from North Lanarkshire were invited to King Charles' birthday celebrations. Staff nurse Sureka Kanchana and senior charge nurse Jane Thompson from the University Hospital Whishaw's Children's Ward attended the event at Buckingham Palace earlier this month. They were joined by more than 400 nurses, marking the contribution they make to the NHS. Nurse Kanchana moved to Lanarkshire 18 months ago from India and she got to speak to the King. She said, I was excited to be asked to take part and tell the King and other nurses from around the UK the great work we're doing here in Lanarkshire. I wished the King a happy birthday and he asked me about the ward, how I enjoyed my job and if I liked his birthday event. I told him I'm very proud to be a paediatric nurse in North Lanarkshire. I'm delighted I had the opportunity to move to Lanarkshire and that my family has settled in well. I had a day off and Jane called me to ask if I wanted to meet the King. I was stunned when I found out I had been selected to go. When the invite arrived in the post, I thought it was a bill until I saw the King's coat of arms on the back of the envelope. My father saw me on the news in India as the celebration was shown there and he was so proud of me. I'm going to frame the invite now to make sure I always have it. Miss Thompson said, It was a real honour to be nominated to join the celebration at Buckingham Palace. It shows the high regard that NHS Lanarkshire's nurses are held in. We do our very best for the children on the ward and it's always good to know that the hard work of nurses and the NHS staff as a whole is being recognised. I've seen the palace on television, but to actually be there and see how stunning it is was amazing. It was great to see nurses being recognised for the work we do and it was great to see so many people in their national dress. We spoke to nurses from the Philippines, South Africa and from Kenya. I was delighted that Sureka was chosen to go down to represent Lanarkshire, as she's been a great addition to the team since she started. She's also used her experience in India and Dubai to not only settle in quickly, but also to help other international nurses adjust to living and working in Lanarkshire. It's such an accolade for the people of Lanarkshire that they've helped our international nurses settle in so well. It's also great that people from other countries want to bring their experience to NHS Lanarkshire and help people here. Trudy Marshall, Nurse Director of Health and Social Care North Lanarkshire said, It was wonderful Sureka and Jane had the opportunity to join the King and hundreds of other nurses to celebrate the valuable contribution of our international nurses. The fact the Lanarkshire nurses were invited to attend the event is a strong endorsement of the high esteem our nurses are held in. The service makes a very positive impact on people's lives, and I'm delighted for them that this has been recognised. An article written by Esther Tarnay.
4: From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday, the twenty eighth of November. From the news section. Clutha Bar boss reveals plans to transform site. By Rebecca Newlands. The boss of the historic Clutha pub in Glasgow has revealed plans to transform the site with an innovative new project. A decade ago, the pub was befell by a horrific tragedy which saw a helicopter crash through the roof, killing 10 people. But in the aftermath of the sadness came a glimmer of hope as the Clutha Trust was founded to support disadvantaged young people and help them get involved in arts and music. With this mission in mind, pub owner Alan Crossan has put plans in motion to turn the iconic site into the Clutha Music Art and Drama Hub. Documents and images show plans for a new 3,000 square feet pub which will still echo the old Clutha and a 2,500 square feet bar designed like a speakeasy. A coffee and leisure space and a 300-seat theatre are also proposed for the Hub. A memorial wall, play, paying tribute to the 10 lives lost on November 29, 2013, will be erected. As well as hosting Cluther Trust activities, the Hub will offer spaces to other charities and community groups, with space for theatre rehearsals, teaching areas, Residential units are private cinema and function rooms that can be used for fundraising events. It is proposed that the upper floors will be filled with office space and apartments. The new Clutha pub will sit behind a glass wall, but pay homage to the old design, retaining familiar elements such as the archway and parts of the stone structure. Alan previously told the Glasgow Times that he was inspired to create the charity a few weeks after the accident, when three youths broke into the bar and stole charity cans and some half-bottles of alcohol. He said, they were just kids and they didn't really know why it was wrong, so afterwards we were thinking about why they would do something like this. And the reason is they had no direction in their lives, no pathways. That's where the Clutha Trust came in. That was an article, Clutha Barboss Reveals Plans to Transform Site by Rebecca Newlands. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 28th of November, from the news section. DWP Christmas Cost of Living Payments Explained for December by Matthew Evans. Christmas is a joyous time for millions every year but it is also a dreaded one for vulnerable families up and down the country. With presents to buy, on top of the added struggle of mouths to feed and homes to keep warm, thousands of families fall on hard times. This is why financial support is important and routinely rolled out each year. Pensioners will continue to receive up to £600 in support next month. Cold-weather payments will also continue next month, as is a bonus from the WP that has been called an insult by some. Here is everything you need to know about all the money changes in December. Benefits paid early, December the 22nd. Some benefits will be paid early next month due to the Christmas and New Year bank holidays. If you're due a payment on a bank holiday, you'll normally be paid the previous working day. For example, if you're due a payment on Christmas Day or Boxing Day, you'll be paid the previous Friday, December the 22nd. You can hear more here. The winter fuel payment throughout December. Winter fuel payments will continue to be paid to eligible state pensioners in December having started in November. The winter fuel payment itself is worth up to £300, depending on your living arrangements and circumstances. But the government is then topping this up with an extra £300 pensioner cost of living payment, meaning some households will get up to £600 this winter. You can get a winter fuel payment for winter 2023-24, if you were born before September the 25th, 1957. You also need to have lift in the UK, although in some cases you can claim if you've moved abroad, for at least one day between September the 18th to September the 24th, 2023. Most people who receive the following benefits will get the winter fuel payment automatically. State Pension, Pension Credit, Attendance Allowance, Personal Independence Payment or PIP, Carer's Allowance, Disability Living Allowance or DLA, Income Support, Income Related Employment and Support Allowance, ESA, Income Based Job Seekers Allowance, JSA, Awards from the War Pension Scheme, Industrial Injuries Disablement Benefit, Incapacity Benefit and lastly Industrial Death Benefit. There will be some cases where you need to apply. £300 Cost of Living Deadline, December the 10th. You may be eligible to receive the £300 Cost of Living Payment if you're able to backdate a pension credit deadline. In order to do this, you had to be of state pension age between August 18, 2023 and September 17, 2023. You then need to make sure you backdate a pension credit claim by December tenth. If your claim is approved, you'll then automatically receive the three hundred pound cost of living payment. Pension credit is made up of two parts. Guarantee credit tops up your weekly income to two hundred and one pound and five pence, if you're single, or three hundred six pound eighty five pence if you're a couple. Savings credit gives you fifteen pound ninety four pence extra per week if you're single or £17.84 per week if you're a couple. Cold weather payments throughout December Cold weather payments are worth £25 and are awarded when the average temperature where you live is recorded as or forecast to be 0 degrees centigrade or below over seven consecutive days. Keep an eye out for this award if the temperature drops in December. The scheme reopened on November 1st and will run until March 31st next year. You need to be living in England or Wales and claiming certain benefits or support for mortgage interest to be eligible for a cold weather payment. If you live in Scotland, you might be entitled to an annual £50 winter heating payment instead. DWP Christmas bonus, first full week of December. The DWP will soon start to pay £10 to people claiming certain benefits. You need to be in receipt of one of the following benefits in the qualifying week, which is usually the first full week of December to receive the bonus. The list of these is adult disability payment, Armed Forces Independence Payment, Attendance Allowance, Carer's Allowance, Child Disability Payment, Constant Attendance Allowance, this is paid under Industrial industrial Injuries or War Pension Schemes, Contribution-Based Employment and Support Allowance, once the main phase of the benefit is entered after the first 13 weeks of claim, disability living allowance, incapacity benefit at the long-term rate, industrial death benefit for widows or widowers, mobility supplement, pension credit, the guarantee element, personal independence payment or PIP, state pension including graduated retirement benefit, Severe Disablement Allowance, Transitionally Protected. Unemployability Supplement or Allowance, Paid Under Industrial Injuries or War Pension Scheme. War Disablement Pension at State Pension Age. War Widow's Pension. Widowed Mother's Allowance. Widowed Parents' Allowance or Widow's Pension. You must also be present or ordinarily resident in the UK, Channel Islands, Isle of Man or Gibraltar during the qualifying week. This was a, an article, DWP Christmas Cost of Living Payments, explained for December by Matthew Evans. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 28th of November. Glasgow night bus service reveals New Year's Eve schedule by Esther Tarnai. Glasgow night buses will run on Hogmanay, the company has confirmed. McGill's, who is operating the new nightly bus service in the city, revealed that the service, which usually runs on Friday and Saturday nights, will operate on Sunday, December the 31st as well. People will be able to catch the service every hour until 3.45am on the 1st of January. The five routes running across the city will take people home to Paisley, Pollock, Nitshill, Newton-Mairns and Drumchapel. Alex Hornby, Group Managing Director, said, Since we launched our Glasgow night bus network earlier in the year, one of the first in the UK to run completely with zero emission electric buses, we've received a great welcome from those in the nighttime leisure sector across Glasgow and our growing numbers of customers who have come to trust this safe and reliable way to travel after midnight. We're delighted to now extend coverage further by helping people celebrate and get them home after bringing in the bells on Hogmanay. Not only will this help customers out celebrating, but it will also support hospitality workers to get home safely after a busy shift. An article, Glasgow Night Bus Service Reveals New Year's Eve Schedule by Esther Tarnay. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday, the 28th of November, the news section. Breaking news. Police name Michael Beaton as victim of Greenock murder by Russell Steele. Police have launched a murder inquiry after a man was mown down by a vehicle on a Greenock street, then brutally attacked with a blade. Officers have named the victim as local man Michael Beaton, 35. He was found with serious injuries in Dranfoka Road around 7.20 last night and rushed by ambulance to the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital in Glasgow. Medics could not save him and he died a few hours later. His death was initially being treated as unexplained as a full-scale probe got underway. It saw a large police cordon established at the scene with parts of Drumfoka Road and Cornhaddock Street both sealed off. Forensics officers were also in attendance combing for clues. Officers have revealed that Mr Beaton was struck by a light-coloured vehicle and then attacked with a bladed weapon. Detective Chief Inspector Lindsay Waters from the Major Investigations Team, West, said, Inquiries are ongoing to establish the exact circumstances of the incident. However, we do not believe that this was a random attack. This was an extremely violent attack which has shocked the local community and cause disruption to their daily routines whilst we carry out our forensic inquiries. I'd like to assure the people living in the area that we are doing everything we can to trace the person or persons responsible for this shocking incident and that there will be an increased police presence in the area. Anyone who witnessed the attack saw any suspicious individuals or vehicles in or around the area or has any other information that could assist our investigation is asked to contact the police immediately. I'd also like people to check their dash cam and ring doorbell footage in case they have captured something on it which could be vital to our inquiry. St Patrick's Primary School, which was closed today due to being within the Cordon area, will remain shut tomorrow. Inverclyde Council advised parents that the same contingency arrangements will be in place with pupils going to Wynhill Primary and Notre Dame instead. Meanwhile police have set up an online portal as they appeal to the public for information. It gives people access to a form to send information directly to the inquiry team. Alternatively Anyone with information can contact police via 101 quoting incident number 2790 of 26 November or call Crime Stoppers on 0800 555 111. You can remain anonymous. This was a breaking story. Police named Michael Beaton as victim of Greenock murder by Russell Steele.
2: This is from the Glasgow Times on Tuesday the 28th of November 2023 from the Lifestyle section. Glasgow Girl Guiding Volunteer Receives Prestigious Award This article is written by Morgan Carmichael. A Glasgow Girl Guiding Volunteer received a prestigious award at a red carpet event this weekend. Sunita Burgell, who has been a volunteer with Girl Guiding Scotland for 19 years, received the Queen's Guide Award during an awards ceremony at the Odeon Lux Leicester Square on November the 25th. Sunita has been leading the second Jordan Hill Rainbow Unit for the past year, where she instils life skills, promotes teamwork, and encourages creativity among the Rainbow Unit members. Reflecting on her win, Sunita said, Being a part of Girl Guiding since the age of five has helped to shape the person that I am today by encouraging me to develop my organisation, teamwork and leadership skills, and most of all, my confidence. Though challenging, I enjoyed working towards my Queen's Guide Award and I'm very proud to have achieved it. As a Rainbow Leader, I hope to continue to inspire girls and give them opportunities to grow in the same way my leaders have done for me. As the highest award that members can work towards, the Queen's Guide Award is an opportunity to develop personal skills and support the local community. It can be combined with activities for Duke of Edinburgh Award, helping girls and young women to really flourish in their development and experiences through training young members to leading them in outdoor residentials and engaging in community action. To complete the Queen's Guide Award, members must complete five sections centred around personal development, leadership, teamwork and community action. Scottish Chief Commissioner Elaine said, It is a remarkable achievement to receive the Queen's Guide Award and we are very proud of our Queen's Guide awardees like Sunita. The Girl Guiding Celebrates event is such a great way to celebrate the hard work, passion and commitment of our Girl Guiding Scotland's volunteers. That article was written by Morgan Carmichael. This is from the Glasgow Times. On Wednesday, the twenty-ninth of November, twenty twenty-three, from the opinion section. Party politics can't get in the way of economic growth. This article is written by Thomas Kerr. On Friday, I attended Glasgow's annual State of the City Economy conference to hear directly from business leaders, investors and entrepreneurs about how they are feeling about our city's economic future. Before I get into the crux of their findings, I want to address the non-existent elephant in the room, the boycott by the Greens of this event due to BAE Systems speaking on one of the panels. This is the sort of gesture, student-like politics, we've come to expect from them, They are openly anti-growth when it comes to the economy, so I suppose we shouldn't be surprised at their lack of attendance on Friday. I'm sure that the business leaders struggling financially would have been desperate to hear their ideas to grow the economy without being in favour of economic growth. While their cheap publicity stunt may have got them some headlines, I want to highlight something that Glasgow Times readers may not have read about. A live poll among business leaders took place and Glasgow's council leaders in attendance, including Susan Aitken, must have been taken aback by the SNAP findings. When asked how confident they felt about Glasgow's economic future compared to the same point last year, a majority either said they were less confident or felt the same. A total of 65% of those who answered the poll gave a response that told the Council that Glasgow has stagnated or is doing worse than last year. Hardly the early Christmas present that Susan Aitken and the SNP Council would have been looking for. But what should really worry the Council leadership team is the lack of surprise among the opposition politicians like me. In the last year alone, this out-of-touch SNP Council administration has shown it is not interested in attracting private investment or supporting businesses. Its low emission zone was fought in the courts by the private sector and is sacking hard working taxi and private hire drivers. Those in the nighttime economy will tell you on most nights Glasgow is like a ghost town, with many people opting to avoid the city centre due to horrendous public transport or no taxes to get them home. Just a couple of months ago, we saw the centrepiece of the SNP's thinking, with their launch of the Golden Zed strategy. So for businesses to have such a negative view of the future of our city isn't just embarrassing for our local SNP leaders, it's embarrassing for our city. We desperately need a more proactive and pro-business administration in the city chambers, one who sees private investment, development and growth as a good thing and not a bad thing. As for the leader's speech at the conference, it was full of warm words, but struggled to outline any meaningful actions her administration will take. We heard mention of the city's status as an investment zone, thanks to the UK government, but little of what it will mean and I've yet to hear if Council officials have listened to my call for Glasgow to engage with those who built the Las Vegas sphere to bring their development to this city after London's anti-growth mayor turned them away. I will always fight for Glasgow and put aside party politics to bring opportunity and jobs to our magnificent city. It's why in the previous term I worked and voted for the Council's economic strategy after SNP councillors accepted our amendment. What's happened in this new term is the SNP have ditched common sense for its anti-jobs agenda with the Scottish Greens, the same Greens who organised a protest against them last week. So, my offer to Susan Aitken is this. Let's put aside party politics and ditch the anti-investment Greens. Work constructively with me and the UK government to create opportunity here in our city. Because if you don't, I fear it will be more than 65% of job creators who will have no confidence in this administration at next year's conference. That article was written by Thomas Kerr. This is from the Glasgow Times on Wednesday, the 29th of November 2023, from the Lifestyle section. Bye-bye mince pies. Renfrewshire Hotel bans Christmas treat. This article is written by Taylor Murray. The Renfrewshire Hotel have taken a controversial decision and banned mince pies from their menus. The Glenhill Hotel and Spa in Renfrew will not serve mince pies at all this festive season after what it says has been years of low demand and high wastage. Those who visit the hotel over the festive period will instead be offered a host of other dessert options. It will be the first time in the hotel's 53-year history that they will not serve the Christmas staple choice. Glynhill Hotel and Spa Chef Willie Miller said, Every year we buy them, we serve them, then, with a very few exceptions, we bin them, which feels like an awful waste. Not very many people at all seem to like them, even less want them at the end of their meal, so it feels like a bit of a no-brainer to simply ban them this Christmas and focus on offering desserts and sweet treats which our customers do want. We think we might be the first venue in Scotland to remove mince pies from their Christmas menus, but it's in line with customer feedback and will also mean a reduction in wastage, which can only be a good thing. Bye bye mince pies, gone and forgotten. That article was written by Taylor Murray. This is from the Glasgow Times on Wednesday, the twenty ninth of November, twenty twenty three, from the lifestyle section. Glasgow Odeon introduces beds for VIP moviegoers. This article is written by Marissa McQuater. A Southside Cinema is introducing a dreamy new VIP experience for moviegoers. Odeon at Glasgow Quay has launched VIP beds in Screen 1 of its Luxe Cinema. The beds, which seat up to three people, are the biggest and best in the house, with extended legroom and greater space. Cinema goers can enjoy the most relaxed and luxurious cinematic experience, with a first-class front-row experience so guests can get immersed in the action while kicking back in style. Stephen Dempster, area manager, said, I am delighted to reveal these exclusive new VIP beds at Odeon Lux Glasgow Quay. This represents a hugely exciting investment in our cinema, and I can't wait for guests to come and experience the unrivaled comfort and luxury of our most exclusive Front row movie seats for themselves. With a fantastic film slate to suit all audiences, what better way to celebrate the start of the festive season than with a VIP trip to the movies? That article was written by Marissa McWhorter. This is from the Glasgow Times on Tuesday, the 28th of November 2023, from the Lifestyle section. Turtle Bay's Glasgow Restaurant Reveals Opening Date This article is written by Esther Taunay. A new Glasgow city centre restaurant has revealed its opening date. Turtle Bay, the first Scottish venue of the popular UK chain, will open its doors on Friday, December 8th. Promising, soulful Caribbean-inspired menu delicious tropical cocktails and reggae beats. the eatery is located at 130 St. Vincent Street. To celebrate the opening, the restaurant will be at Glasgow Central Station with a Christmas-themed pop-up event with prizes. In the run-up, the company is also running ticketed events to try their menu. Gemma Lewis, operations manager at Turtle Bay, said, we're absolutely delighted to announce we will be opening our Glasgow restaurant on December the 8th. We're so excited to open our doors and celebrate in Caribbean style, with the excitement ramping up throughout the city ahead of the launch. Glasgow is known for its vivacity, and therefore it is a perfect place to introduce Caribbean good times to Scotland. That article was written by Esther Tarnay.
0: That concludes this week's edition of the Glasgow Times Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our channels at Tune Review and to tell your friends
1: about our service.